Hello there, folks. It's been a while, hasn't it, um, since I've last done a podcast, but uh, it's been pre-season and honestly nothing really has been happening. Uh, done a couple of games, um, registered back with my county, uh, couldn't, couldn't not do that. Um, I, although, having said that, um, the, there was a bit of drama, just off the top of my head, this isn't like scripted at all. It's just come to me while I've been chatting away. I'm pretty sure Lancashire FA are starting their own Sunday league because the Sunday league that was previously affiliated to them has gone, you guys suck and we don't want anything to do with you anymore. So we're just going to go and start our own Sunday league, completely unaffiliated. Uh, our players play. Uh, you, Lancashire County FA, sort yourselves out. Um, I'm, I'm sure the, the story is more nuanced than this. I will look into it and, and um, do more of a detailed report there. But there was an email that got pinged out to, uh, to, to clubs and referees and players that basically said, if you do unaffiliated football, don't think you can be playing our football because we've got a monopoly on football. And that's made me think, Surely, like there's 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 anti-monopoly like laws, anti whatever laws that kind of say you you can't run what is essentially a cartel in this way. You can't just say we're the only ones that you can do business with if that business is football. Um, and if you don't do business with us, you'll be penalised in a way that will restrict you. From from do like if you play for a Saturday team and you want to play in this unaffiliated Sunday league, the county have basically said no. If you if you play with it's like an abusive relationship, really. If you were with a partner that was talking to you and treating you like this, you'd tell them to fuck off. Really, you'd say this is an abusive relationship. I need to get out. Um, but they've basically said. If you even think, if you even think about spending time with that unaffiliated Sunday league, don't think you can come to me on a Saturday and play in my football leagues. Don't you think that you can do that? That's essentially what they've said. Um, I feel like I need to put the, the phone number for Samaritans up or something. Like if you feel like you've been affected by what I've just discussed, there are people that you can reach out to to help you. Um, it just seems mad that in a country that, that has laws against cartel and monopolies and things like that from existing, that uh, an entity that's meant to be a non-profit, I suppose, but we, we all know that football is definitely run for profit. It's not non-profit at all. Football is run as a business to make as much money as possible and squeeze it out of every single participant, whether it's players, clubs, or referees. Squeeze for every single penny they can get out of every single person. Um, uh, for the good of the game, uh, but also the good of the pockets of the people in the positions of authority and power. Um, Bit of a political one to start this podcast uh, going off like that, but that, as I said, was unscripted from the heart. You may completely disagree with me. You may say, Anthony, no. Anthony, you've, you've completely got the wrong end of the stick there. The FA is nothing but a completely altruistic body that, that exists to uh, 
give people the pleasure and joy that can only be got from a, uh, an affiliated game of 11-a-side football on, on, a, on an affiliated football pitch, on an approved football pitch, because God forbid you go off and you play unaffiliated, unapproved football, and then think that you can just walk back into the beautifully affiliated money-making game that is, <laughs> that is affiliated football. God, crazy that is. Right, um, on to actually what I was going to talk about this week. I've actually got my desktop up, uh, which not great if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, but I am going to watch a couple of videos. Things, again, that have just kind of popped up on my radar and I've thought more people than just myself and a handful of people that see it online need to be made aware of this. Um, one this morning that really kind of wound me up for, for many reasons, which you will see when, when I show you this video. Um, it's, it's a dude that is based, I say a dude, okay, it's a man. Let's keep it formal, Anthony. This is a professional podcast. Uh, there's a man who is a coach of uh, youth junior football. I believe he's based in Dubai or a country that's in that area somewhere. There's a lot of wealth that they, they pump into their, their youth sports. Um, and he reacted by saying something that is absolutely abhorrent. Um, I'll say no more. I'm just going to click onto the screen. We'll watch this video together. Um, but yeah, this, this is, this is incredibly, um, irksome. I mean, you can see here that that is the dude, that's the guy, Meron Roshan. Um, I hopefully, uh, I've, I've said your name right there. If you are watching this or said his name, right for everyone that's, that's watching, um, but essentially, yeah, he's got 4,000 followers. He's the founder of Alliance Football Club Dubai. Dubai, nailed it. Middle East sports business leader of 2021. Sport, business, there's money to be made. Again, <laughs> as this if, uh, precursor of what I've all, I was just saying. But um, yeah, let's, uh, let's pop him full screen there uh, and have a listen to what he's got to say. Uh, we played two games. And the referee, if it was in the US, I would have shot them. I was that angry. But then you take a deep breath, you realize they're young. They are 16, 17, 18. So you have to understand that they make mistakes. It's fine. But sometimes it's really costly. That's the clip. That's the clip. If, if it wasn't clear for anyone that's watching, the, uh, sorry, listening to this on Spotify, he says that he's at, he's at a tournament, he's at a, a youth football tournament, and a referee has made a decision. He's played two games, the referee's made a decision. And in that moment, he wanted to shoot the referee. Not, not just if he'd been in America, I would have shot the referee. Let's, I mean, I just want to, I'll go through this. Here we go. It's, it's subtitled. So if we're watching this on, on YouTube, you can see exactly what he says here. We played two games. If it was in the US, I would have shot them. If I was in the US, I would have shot them. This is fucking dog shit for many reasons. Number one, 
what's recently happened in America and has happened several times all over the place in a, in the US kids are getting shot in school they getting shot to death and this guy's just like oh yeah no god if if uh, oh if i was in america and these referees had wound me up like they've just done if i was there i'd have shot up some kids i mean He's responsible for, for a team of youth footballers. You really want someone that's going around saying, oh yeah, the shot kids. What? If I was a parent of that, <laughs> if I was a parent of one of those kids and he's gone, God, did you see that offside? Oh yeah, tight one. Don't know if I had to give it. Yeah, I want to shoot the ref. What? Yeah, I want to shoot. Oh God, he should have got that. He should have got that right. I want to shoot him. If we'd been in another country, I would have shot him. I'd be like, right, Billy, we're going home. Billy, you are not getting coached by this friggin' lunatic anymore who wants to shoot someone over a footballing decision made by a referee. Come on, this is what's wrong with football, youth football especially. This toxic sort of, I want to cause physical harm because I, I can't get my own way. And this is why I'm a big believer of dissent as written in the laws of the game, doesn't work. Dissent, dissent, who knows what dissent is, apart from like, oh, there's a, there was a bit of political dissent. It, it, it's too sanitized a word. You need to get rid of it and replace it with the word tantrum. What did you get a yellow card for, Steve? Ah, oh, tantrum. Oh, you had a tantrum? Yeah, I had a tantrum on the football pitch and you know you can't do that. What did you do? I got the ball and I just threw it into the floor as hard as I could. Oh, sounds like a good tantrum, that, yeah? Yeah? Uh, you deserve that yellow card. <laughs> Whereas now, it's like, what did you do, Descent? Well, well, what even is that? What did you do? Oh, I just picked up, just threw the ball, didn't I? Is that it? Just threw the ball and got a yellow for that. Ref's a knobhead. No, the ref's not a knobhead. If you have a tantrum, on a football pitch, you deserve your yellow. If you have a tantrum with sweary words directed at the referee, you deserve a red. But this guy, back to him, back to this coach of children and the, the referees themselves, he says they're 16, 17, 18 years old. I was that angry, but then you take a deep breath, you realize they're young, they're 16, 17, 18. You realise that the people that you just wanted to shoot are 16, 17 and 18 years old and you're not in America. So ugh, you take a deep breath and you, you just don't shoot them. Come on. And, and the mad thing is, right, he's put this up on his own social media and I'm thinking he thinks that he's portraying himself in a good light by saying these things. He's saying, I could have shot someone, but look, I've made a video saying I wanted to shoot someone, but I didn't. And that makes me a swell guy. Send me your kids, give me your money. Like, <laughs> like what? Oh, so there we go. Uh, thank you, Ref Next, for sharing that nine hours. I woke up to it this morning and I was like, oh. What is this planet coming to? Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching this screen, I've just scrolled down a little bit. And the last 
the Twitter video I bookmarked was on January 28th from an account called at till I come. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what this, uh, this other video is. Um, it's 16 seconds long. Let's have a look. I'm pretty sure I'm probably shared this at some point, but let's, I mean, I can't have a go with this guy. And now I've just bookmarked a little video from an account called till I come. Right, let's have a look what it's about. <laughs> so it's a referee, you know, it, it doesn't say where the video is from, um, but it's played in a, in a basically a dust bowl. And as he blows his full-time whistle, he's doing a little dance. He's throwing some moves. It's a fun. It's a funny little video. I think we should watch it. I think um, you've got a little pre-season friendly going ahead, or, or if you're really brave and you're like, Do you know what? Let's let's get away from robot referees and inject a little bit of personality back into the game. If you've had a good one, if, if everyone's enjoyed themselves, end the game like this. Why not? Look at the look at the reaction of people. Everyone's having like. <laughs> Clearly, he's been serious up until this point because he's, he's like, get on with the goal kick. Come on, we're almost at the end of the game. Stop time wasting. And then. <laughs> Listen to the laughter. That's what football's about. That's, that's the, the, the laughter. Enjoy, it's a game for fuck's sake. All these fucking toxic knobheads that have ruined football and made it a winner or costs. Death to the enemy, death to the referees. It's ruined, it's ruined like what is essentially a fun community game. Fuck me, just enjoy yourselves, people. Um, speaking of which, uh, recently, as in, the last couple of days, I've triggered the simples. Um, so uh, the, there's an article that came out, it basically said some of the, um, some of the youth leagues in England are going to ban uh, players from uh, heading the ball on purpose. There has been uh, research, it was in the New England Journal of Medicine, that says basically the regular impacts into someone's skull over the course of a 20 year playing career increases the risk of brain injury and dementia by 350%. They got that number from looking at statistics of ex-professionals in Scottish football. Um, and they found that the, uh, the, the normal kind of rates of people that would get dementia of, of similar socioeconomic um, lifestyle, uh, geographically placed people, uh, for people that hadn't spent 20 years headering a football was around 3%, slightly over 3%. Those who had uh, headed a football all this time uh, had... Uh, instances of dementia and brain injuries at around 11 to 12 percent. Now that that is a significant statistical um, anomaly. 
the, the science people that, that spotted this and registered it kind of went to more sciencey people within the FA, the sports scientists, and said, listen, we think that this is linked to neurological damage, head in the football, uh, over and over and over. What I think we should do is immediately get the youngsters to stop heading the football. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. They've already restricted heading the ball in training, uh, but in the game itself, header away. Um, but the science people have said, no, 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 no. It, we really need to, to put the brakes on this. Um, we, you know, even a handful of people not suffering with dementia, early onset dementia, is more important than your 10-year-old header in a football in their Sunday league game. So let's stop them from doing it and we'll we'll do research, we'll do more research, we'll we'll find ways that we can still enjoy football, but the the heading really has to stop. Because basically, in your skull, which is nice and hard, you've got a brain which is basically a blob of jelly. Uh, and as <laughs> I'm gonna hit my head here, but as you head a football, the sudden stop of the hard skull um, and the relatively not suddenly stopping of the brain forces the brain to jellify itself on the inside. Now, obviously, um, people say, but we just teach the kids to header a ball properly. You know, we just teach them proper technique. There is no proper technique in football that stops the brain from shaking about in the skull when heading a football. There's no technique that that exists or ever will exist that stops the um, that from happening. So every time there's a head jar movement, the brain kind of rattles about inside and the, the repetitive nature of that does indeed uh, lead the scientists to think that you know, early onset dementia, neurological uh, degenerative um, brain diseases. Um, th there's a link there. So let's be cautious and let's uh, let's stop stop the heading. There's a subset of people in football that don't like change. They they are. They, I mean, it's perfectly fine to not like change. I, you know, there's things that I like now that if they were suddenly to change, I wouldn't be happy. But if someone said to me, no, 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 it's, uh, it's to stop people getting brain injuries or it's to stop children needlessly getting their brains shook about, I'd say, ah, right, okay. And, and sciencey people that know more than me they're kind of behind this, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've taken that to other sciencey people to peer review what they found and they think the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. I, as a logical, reasonable person, reasonable-ish, would say, okay, well, if the sciencey people think that, I will go with them. I will, I will put my faith and trust in them. And if it's to protect kids, then great. But there's people that are like, no, 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 no. Kids, kids in my team have got to keep headering the ball. It's like, mate, I've just told you, the science people have told you, the Football Association have told you, that these kids are increasing their risk of brain injury the more they head of the ball. Yeah, but what, what if uh, the lad that's headering the ball, right? What if we stop it in this country? 
but Spain don't stop it. So their their centre back, their world beating centre back, is uh, they're going to be you know five ten years more developed in heading a football than our world beating centre backs. Fine, let let them be. He's probably going to be a potato by the time he's forty five, but. We, we have a duty of care to protect our kids. I'm going to show you a conversation or a series of conversations that I had with several people. Now this, um, if we go over to Facebook now, was posted on the Cornwall FA Facebook page. So the, the official county fa uh, social media uh, said, the FA has been granted approval from the International uh, Football Association Board, IFAB, to introduce a new trial to remove deliberate heading in football matches across under 12 level and below in England from the start of this coming season. And then there's a link for people that want more information. So if you do want that more information, click there or literally go into Google uh, and you search um, Dementia and Footballers. And there's, a, there's so many articles on it. Uh, dating back from 2017, 19, uh, all the way up to, to present day. It's very, very fresh, but here we go. So let's scroll down <laughs> to, to these comments. Let's start with this one. Dave Rowe, not, not impressed here. Um, so from a referee point of view, what happens if a player was to deliberately head the ball off the goal line at under 12 below? Is it a red card? And I, I respond saying, well... If it was, you're not allowed to deliberately handle the ball, and if you were to do that to stop a goal, then it's dog so by handball. So, yeah, presumably it would be a red card because you've used an illegal part of the body to stop the ball from going into the goal. Logical, one would think. Xavier <laughs> okay. Blackler. Absolutely stupid. How will kids learn if they can't play the game properly? We live in an absolute nanny state. Let them smoke, Xavier. If you've got a 10-year-old coming up to you saying, Dad, me and my mates have been talking, we, we want to start smoking. What's he going to... No, you can't, you can't do that. It's illegal. You can't smoke at the age of 12. No, 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 oh, oh, you want to stop kids from smoking? It's their choice. They know the risk. They know smoking leads to cancer. Let them smoke. No, it's illegal. Why is it illegal? Nanny state. Right. Do you wear a seatbelt when you drive your car? Nanny state. Fucking idiot. Anyway, back to, uh, back to our conversation with Dave Rowe. Far comment, says Andy, Andy Jenkin. Far comment. Well, it depends where you're from. I'm quite a long way from Cornwall FA, so for, for me, it is a far comment. <laughs> Miles away. Let's follow on to this. Uh, uh, as you can see, there were many, many uh, replies here. Uh, Andy says, there's, there's going to be a lot of red cards coming. Players from a young age are used to heading the ball. I get what they are doing, but it's going to be hard to change people. I think Andy means it's going to be hard to change the kids, but if we look at all the adaptations we have in kids' football already, smaller sides, smaller goals, smaller balls, the retreat rule, rule the and they adapt. 
one of the one of the comments coming up is going to be like, but they see adults playing on football on the telly and they're, they're going to get confused. They already play a very different game from the football they see on the telly. It's just another adaptation for youth football. I don't understand the confusion of why you think it would be hard for kids to adapt to another small change, but apparently... Um, it, so my reply, law, law changes happen every season. People adapt. This is nothing different. Andy says, it's easier for adults to understand this, though, than children. Really, um, really shitting on children there a little bit, Andy. You think they won't understand? Listen, for your own safety, you can't head the ball. They'd fucking love it. When I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I hated head in the ball. It hurt. It stung. It hurt. <laughs> Most of the time I did it wrong and it hit me in the nose, got in my eye. It was not pleasant. I've, most kids under 12 will be like, I don't have to head the ball anymore. Fucking results. Brilliant. You underestimate children. They usually adapt the quickest, which is true. Fantastically quick to adapt to kids, much faster than adults. And he says again, though, takes you back to seeing men in the park or professionals on TV still heading the ball. It's not going to help them seeing still doing it. Uh, as I said, I get what they're trying to do. I just don't think it'll work. I don't think it'll work. Well, it will. I, I mean, it definitely will. I need to stop ad-libbing. I just need to read what's in front of me. It definitely will. I can, understand, I can understand why you want to resist it, but ultimately, it's for the safety of children, and that is the single most important aspect of the rule change. At the end of the day, all this bollocks of, it's ruining football, nanny state. It's for kids' safety. Like, if stop ad-libbing. Just read what's in front of you. Um, and he says, I totally agree for the safety of kids. As a dad, I agree. But again, he insists, I just don't think it's going to work. I said, why? Because refs won't enforce it. And he says, no, I hope they do, because I don't think children will take to it. I hope I'm wrong, but because, as I said, they see their idol score in a screamer of a header on the TV or clearing the ball off the line. So he very much thinks kids see, kids do. Kids see, kids do. There's no processing up here. Uh, can't, you can't coach kids. They'll just do what they want. They'll see something, they do it. I let my 10-year-old watch Robocop the other day. Now he's dressed up in metal shooting people. She can't stop him. I tried to stop him. I tried. To, I said, you can't do that. He, he just pulled out his gun, started shooting at me. What's <laughs> going on about Directive 4? What? Kids won't do Kids, they just don't know. They're just so simple. The kids won't understand. What? Um, someone else jumps in at this point, Dave Rowe. I think I say jumps in. It was his comment that got us started. Um, answer me this, says Dave Rowe. You're which is the wrong form of your, on an under-12 game and a 
Player clears the ball off the line. This denies an obvious goal. It's a brilliant header. Player A is buzzing. The team is buzzing. Coaches and parents clapping and cheering. Now, as the referee, what are you doing? Answer honestly, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a bit at the end, doesn't he? I said, I'm enforcing the laws of the game. Why? Are you not gonna do your job because you don't, you don't like one of the laws? If a ref didn't give, like giving out red cards, would you be okay with them just going, fuck it, I don't want to give them out? Think about this. <laughs> I'm trying to be reasonable here. Like, I, I, him, oh, I don't like this rule. I'm not going to enforce it. Because look, everyone's having a great time. Yeah, I, I don't like giving out red cards, but Billy's just fucking thumped Steve. And I'm, I know it's a red card. I know he knows better. I, just, I don't like giving them out. Same, same logic. <laughs> Here we go. Dave didn't like that reply. Dave didn't like that. <sighs> People like you are what's wrong with youth football, says Dave. You would seriously send off a player for a goal line header. Well, it's an illegal part of the body, so it would be like handling a shot off the line, so years. When in... When in IFAB, he's not done anything wrong, but the FA are having a wobble over kids heading a ball. I'm surprised with the recent heart attacks, etc. Ericsson and the rest, that the elite world, that kids are still allowed, wrong spelling, to run around. Why not change the ball to a more padded ball? This is ridiculous idea. Well, um, you know, I'm not going to be a spelling and grammar Nazi, but come on. He follows it up, because <laughs> he's not finished there. And to answer your question, no, I would not. I'd mention to the player, it's a great header, but until under 13s, you're not meant to head a ball. Seriously, man. You would really show a red if it was a goal line clearance. And then he says to Andy, same question, mate. What would you do? So he'd, he'd just allow it. He wouldn't enforce the laws of the game, which is what I think I say a little bit later on. Not, no spoilers there, though. And the answers. This was a conversation I had whilst mentoring someone last night. Surely a softer ball is better. So an 11 year old can head the ball at the moment, but they're not allowed for a while, then can again after a couple of months. I totally get the reasons behind it, but a softer ball is surely a better option. They don't understand the repetitive impact on the skull is what is the problem. It's not, it's not the weight of the ball. It's not the, the impact per se, it's just that it happens, it's regular, it's your brain going <laughs> this, is, this is why people need to read articles before engaging in, into these online arguments. Dave says, agreed mate, a more padded ball would help. Saying you can't header is just going to weaken English players as they get older. This is what it's all about. For, for Dave, he thinks he's got the next Maguire at centre-back. Just imagine, just imagine now your centre-back hasn't been headering the ball since he was six. We'd be years, light years behind other countries. And he says, I just don't get how I could send them off when heading the ball is part of the game. It's not, it's going to get removed. 
If they do this, then okay, you're gonna have to give a free kick, but I'm not sending them off. More like you said above. Tell them great header, but not allowed to do that. <laughs> it's like with the punch. Tell them it was a great punch, but you're not allowed to punch Steve in the face, Billy. You're not allowed to do that. Am I getting sent off? No, because I don't like doing it. Also, if they've been heading the ball for a while, then it's instinct for a defender to clear it or striker to score with head. Again, Andy just not thinking kids can adapt. Um, and he goes on to say, Dave, your comment about weak and English players was another thing I said last night. The national game in general will suffer. Plus how many times a game do you see someone head the ball? What's the point of giving corners now? Then as, as uh, they will just put a wall as close as allowed because they know the ball is coming on the floor. That makes no sense. Dave replies, I wouldn't even give a free kick, mate. Carry on. <laughs> just wouldn't. Just, no. Just ignore all the changes and just... Well, when, and when next week's referee does enforce the new laws and everyone goes, ref, what are you doing? Last week's ref... You're shitting on next week's ref. Um, but tell the player about headers and inform the managers and coaches. This is assuming that you do it once, but you don't do it again. What if they do it again? What are you doing then? Tell them again. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give a free kick. I'm not going to give cards. Like you said, some uh, it's instinct. I have a defender who's a real meathead, loves a header, can't help himself. I, I honestly, that there's uh, a condition in boxers. Uh, it's it's called uh, is it pugilista dementia or pugilista something? Or oh, it's basically punch drunk, and it affects around twenty five percent of career boxers. Um, but this guy's like, I've got a meathead. He loves headering a ball. Stop him from doing it. I've got a meathead, he loves stabbing people. Stop him! <laughs> got a meathead. <laughs> I can't stop, he just walks down the street and throws an elbow on old ladies and I just, oh, he just loves it. Can you, he shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but he loves it, can't stop him. You probably should, I don't want to. I like him doing it. It's English, isn't it? It's English to walk down the street and throw an elbow on someone's nan. <laughs> I've gone off on a tangent. Uh, Andy resolves uh, his position by saying, I'm not doing any youth football unless it's 13 or above anymore, uh, which is good. It, it, it solves it. If, if you're not going to referee to the laws of the game and the laws of the game say, if you're under 12, you can't head the ball, don't ref if you're not going to enforce the laws. So Andy sorted himself out. Uh, and I've, I've said, so we've got a couple of refs not enforcing the laws. What's the point of either of you doing any games? Andy says, read me comments. I won't do youth football anymore. I'm not going to send someone off for doing the same thing as friends a year older or as idols are doing easy. I said, good, good, sorted, fantastic. Andy says, he's not done. 
Who picked the age and why? Why 12? Why not all youth football? And that is a fair point because I reply by saying it should be all football regardless of age. But the very notion of that may make you explode. And it's true because if you're saying, listen, for, for the safety of children and to reduce the amount of early onset dementia and brain injury, we're gonna remove head in. Can you imagine if you said like, Heaven's not part of football anymore? These people would literally explode. They, oof. Which may solve a lot of problems nationally, you know, in the UK if we do that. <laughs> I'm not saying there's a Venn diagram of people who are ruining the country and people who think that uh, children should expose themselves to a greater risk of brain injury because of sports. But there is an overlap. It's just almost a circle. Um, Andy says, surely it's all or nothing. Uh, if not bringing into the men's game, then what, uh, if they want to do it, then they need to do all youth football, but they won't do that because the fact then they get it to men's football and can't head the ball. As if, as if there's a window that you can only learn to head the ball with good technique in this, in this kind of early development phase. And, you, and, and once you miss that, it's impossible to learn. You throw a, you throw a ball overhead height and they just go, ah, what is this? <laughs> a load of English kids going, ah, the ball has risen above my head, I don't know what to do. Uh, um, I, I replied to Andy by saying they absolutely should remove it from all football. Imagine doing something preventable that increased your chances of getting cancer by 350%. You'd stop doing it immediately. It's exactly the same here, but replace cancer with dementia. Uh, smoking, I mentioned it earlier on, but would you let a 12 year old smoke? Absolutely not, because you know that by having a cigarette, that 12 year old more than likely will get some form of cancer or lung disease when they get older. And it doesn't have to be like 60 odd, it's 30s, 40s, 50s, cutting their life short, really damaging their quality of life as well. Same thing here, replace smoking with header in a football and we're sort of kind of getting into the same realms of, uh, uh, you know, of love logic there. So, um, Andy replies by saying, I know why they're doing it, but that's my point. I don't feel it will work for just set ages. It's all or nothing. I, uh, I agree. But there's already loads of alterations. Youth football, I say, that sets it apart from men's. Smaller sides, smaller pitches and goals, the retreat rule, power plays, mercy rules. This is just another small alteration in youth football. Uh, Dave comes back in and says, all of, uh, of which you've mentioned are not under 12s except pitch and goal size. Uh, what will it be next? Keepers can't use their hand in case it damages their hand and finger development. I said to Dave, that's stupid. Dave says, how? Small developing hand bones can break. My lad's been kickboxing eight years. No real injuries. He tripped over something on an Astro and broke two fingers. I rest my case. I'm like, 
If that's your case rested, then I've absolutely no doubt anyone judging will be laughing at the notion that you think bones equal brains. And can't grasp the concept that reducing the risk of dementia and brain injuries by not repeatedly impacting the skull is the same as an accidental one-off injury. After which I assume you didn't make anyone wear shin pads because if you're gonna break a bone, what's the point of trying to prevent it? Accidents will happen, so why mitigate any risks? Just let the accidents happen. I've ad-libbed there, that wasn't verbatim of what was on the screen, but it basically is. Dave says, serious question, do you take drugs? You sound like it. Shin pads are a requirement, they must be worn. As an aside here, the FA is saying, headers, deliberate headers, must not be part of, of the game, but that, I mean, they also brought in the rule that shin pads must be worn. So I don't understand here, is he saying that whatever is in the laws of the game should be followed completely? Because he's, he's also saying what is coming in new should not be followed at all. I mean, he just completely ties himself up here. Now take a look at brain injuries in other sports. Middleweight boxers rarely get knocked out and can have 100 plus fights without any brain injuries. Fucking what? My point is, my lad's been fighting five plus years without getting injured. He fell over once and broke his fingers. Go back to previous post about hand injuries and read again. No, no, Dave. I replied to him by saying, you can't follow what's being said or your logic is just so linear that you can't understand. Either way, I've wasted too much time on you. I had this conversation have been rocking forwards and backwards for the best part of a day. On a final thought, look up Dementia Pugilistica. There it is, that's what I was mentioning earlier on. And how it punch drunk in boxers. Um, and how it affects over a fifth of boxers. Maybe that will lead to further reading on the subject and maybe your lad will be one of the lucky ones and not get early onset dementia. But really, why increase your risk at all? It's grossly irresponsible. Shane Hooper. A new challenger enters the fight. Um, <laughs> Shane says, I understand what you're saying. However, with everything in life, there are risks. And guess what? You take away the risk and life is just plain bloody boring. I wonder if Shane wears a seatbelt because, you know, that minimizes the risk of a serious injury. But why do that? Why make your driving boring when you never know a big crash could really make your life interesting, tripping an ambulance, loads of witness statements. Why, why have life be boring when you could ride around in an ambulance instead of a Seat Leon? <laughs> Do I want my kids to get dementia? No, but at the same time, we may not even get to live that long. That's fucking morbid. So why not just enjoy life in the moment and stop being told what to do by do-gooders all the time? Do-gooders, do-gooders. So <laughs> the FA, uh, listen guys, we want to uh, reduce the amount of people, uh, footballers, who have uh, statistically been proven to get 350% uh, higher rates of dementia than, uh, than the rest of the population. So what we'd like to do is um, minimize that risk by making some alterations in youth football. Shane's gone, fucking what? 
fucking do good is you. Get it. <laughs> I assume that's what Shane's like. I don't know. Uh, the, <laughs> Shane continues. The key is making people aware of the dangers uh, and risks and then letting them decide for themselves. I believe they call it an informed choice or has that gone out the window with good old common sense? He wants 12 year olds to make an informed choice. So I ask him, which 12 year olds are making an informed choice? If they knew the risks, if they know the risks about not wearing seatbelts, as a responsible adult, do you allow them to do it? Do you allow them to not wear seatbelts? I mean, they know the risk. If we have a crash, you're gonna go flying out that windshield and turn into a meat crayon as you scrape along the pavement. Now, now knowing this, you still happy not to wear a seatbelt? Yeah, dad, don't wanna do it. Uh, I don't like seatbelts. They make me look like an idiot. Fine. Well, you've got all the facts in front of you uh, and as a 12 year old making an informed decision, I'm gonna allow you not to wear a seatbelt. Fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> chances are they won't get into a car crash and be okay. Oh, this is me carrying on. Uh, but if they do crash and made, made an informed choice not to wear one, the, the injuries are their own fault, right? It's not the, uh, the driver's responsibility or the adult's responsibility to make their children wear a seatbelt because they've, uh, they've made an informed choice. Uh, this clearly needs to be enforced to not head the ball in youth football because adults are too triggered by the minor change and what's a bit of dementia for some people if it means little Billy gets a header of football in the under nines World Cup final, AKA the means nothing Sunday league. No wonder the UK is in the state it is. And this is my point. These people are fully triggered by being told not to header a football in let's call it under nines, under tens, youth football, local parks, Saturday morning. It's, it means nothing. It, honestly, it's, if they don't header a ball, it, in their heads they think, I've got the next Leo Messi in my team. And if they're not allowed to header a ball, that will stunt their development and they may not get to sign for Barcelona when they're 16. This is genuinely what they think. So they think removing Hedden from youth football will disadvantage an entire generation of kids from being the next global superstars, regardless of the fact that 99.99% of nine-year-olds will never kick a ball and get paid for it. Uh, the informed decisions are made by the parents, and don't be such a tool. Ad hominem. If I believe it's okay for my child to head the ball, doesn't mean that in a game they will actually do it. They decide at the time. Well, parental pressure kind of. I mean, how many times have you heard as a referee stood on the sideline, get fucking stuck in at an under six uh, girls game? joke and laugh but I've I've been the worst some of the worst parental behavior I experienced was at under six under sevens or uh, um, where was it there's a there's a place called the Castrol Club in Ellesmere Port and they were doing uh, one of these summer youth tournaments 
half ten in the morning, 11am, can't have been later than that. And someone's dad steps onto the pitch to, to confront me because uh, a kid fell over. The, the dad, as he stepped on, was holding probably his third can of special brew, bearing in mind it's still breakfast time. So, yeah, back to Shane. And the absolutely stupid comment about the means nothing Sunday league, just because these kids are not playing in the Premier League doesn't mean it means nothing to them. 99.9% .9 of kids won't make it, so they play at the best level they can and enjoy it for what it is. I tell you if, uh, yeah, okay, so they probably do enjoy it, right? Would they enjoy it any less if they didn't head of the ball? Absolutely not. Would the parents enjoy it any less if heading was removed absolutely not so why the resistance anyway shane signs off by saying uh, let them enjoy it for, for what it is and i reply the last reply of the, the thread for what it is a fast track to early onset dementia because daddy didn't understand science Let's leave it at that. What are your thoughts on this? My thoughts are very clear. <laughs> I'd rather not have people get serious brain injuries from repetitive head impacts from headering the ball uh, over a period of 20 to 25 years. Um, Alzheimer's, dementia, all that sort of stuff is it's absolutely horrendous. They call it the, the slow death, isn't it? Because the, the person who suffers from it, whilst being physically fine, they uh, start to fade from who they are, the person that you know and love. They, f they fade away into a, a shell of a person. And if, seriously, if that's what these parents want for their kids, even at a slightly elevated risk, of that happening to anyone there's no hope for for them for their children or anything like that i just i can't understand why a parent would be happy to increase the odds of their child getting a serious brain injury or a, a brain injury from repetitive um biomechanics um why 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 Am I wrong? I, I, I stand by what I said there as well. Um, deliberate heading should be removed from football. All football. Get rid of it. It's not needed. It would, it would change the game significantly, but it would change a lot of people's uh, lives after they've finished playing football as well. Even vets football, you get to what, 40 years old? That's it, you, you, you've, you've played football that long, your body falls apart, your knees, your hips, your ankles, your feet. Physically, you're worn out. The last thing you wanna lose is your brain as well. Uh, anyway, the last thing I wanna talk about is um, backstitch.com. Just updated it last night. I've added uh, a few more badges, coins, um, 
uh, what else we got on there? We've got uh, heat press vinyl letters. So if you're getting your track suits um, and stuff ready for the new season, personalize them, get your initials. You can get black with a white outline or white with a black outline, whichever you prefer for your kit. Um, all sorts of badges uh, from the various football associations. Um, I've gone international as well. There's some USA badges up there. And if you're watching this kind of still in July, uh, I've got a 25% off promo code. It's Heatwave25, uh, and that is valid until the last day of July 2022. Uh, free delivery on uh, UK domestic orders, plus 25% off using that code at checkout. Uh, so grab those, you've got a limited time to do so. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's all I've got for you on uh, on this episode of of the final whistle thanks very much for for being with me on this um as we get into the new season oh a little story for you as well uh just before i sign off properly i was on a pre-season game with um a referee called Stu Morland and he is legendary around these parts and in a lot of refereeing parts um for being just ridiculously physically fit um, and I, <laughs> I was like, Stu, would it be all right if I brought the camera and recorded what for you is a, is a pre-match warm-up? Because it's, it's quite, it's, in, it's intense, but it gets you fully physically and mentally prepared for a game. Like, I've, I've, I've uh, officiated with him twice, once this pre-season and once last pre-season, um, both times really really pushes you um but like i said at the end of the warm-up you're ready to go you couldn't be more prepared it'll be all right like, yeah yeah it's fine we'll you just plunk the camera down uh, and forget about it and we'll do our warm-up so i get the camera it's all set up we get going now knowing that there's a camera on me i'm putting it in like i'm leaving nothing in the tank ready for this warm-up i'm going for it and this warm-up, 10 minutes pass, 15, 20, 25 minutes, we're still warming up. I'm, I'm uh, a machine, the sweat's dripping off me, muscles are pumped, ready to go. Warm-up's complete. I go over to the camera, nothing. None of it's recorded. I was devastated, absolutely devastated. But... I will do a piece, um, hopefully at this point in the season I can like meet up with Stu again. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a member of Bootle Referees Association, which is where, where I am as well. Hopefully as well this season I can work a bit closer with, with Bootle RA uh, and we can, we can push both of our platforms, um, discussions about which there can, can be had, will be had. Um, but watch this space for any, any developments there. And uh, yeah, uh, before I sign off, just a reminder, get yourself over to backstage.com, 25% off all refereeing um, gifts, kit and equipment up until the end of July uh, using the promo code HEATWAVE25. That's me done talking now. I'm going to go grab some lunch while this, um, <laughs> this, this, uh, this camera hopefully has recorded everything that I've just said. Uh, from myself from the referee forum thanks for watching don't forget to subscribe and follow on all of the usual channels uh, and i'll see you on the next episode of the final whistle podcast